Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's Travis Krenz. Travis, how we doing? Doing good. Got some rain this weekend, so that was good. We got probably at least a half inch, I would guess. We did as well. We needed more. We need more. We didn't get as much as other areas did. It was disappointing, um, but we will take whatever rain we can get. Potential chance this week, and then uh, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, it's almost two to three inches up by Aberdeen and south of Aberdeen. So we got some, but some spots got more. At least, yeah, at least areas got, some areas around here got more rain because everyone in the region needs rain. Maybe not North Dakota. I mean, they, this storm that it just kept swirling around central North Dakota pretty much, like hitting Bismarck and stuff. And I checked the, the drought monitor weekly uh, from University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Uh, you just Google drought monitor, it takes you to their page. And you look at the region and... North Dakota is in a little bit of drought, and this part of the state uh, and west, you know, Bismarck further west, they were in a severe drought, I believe it was either last year or the year before. And now, it's like they're in the white, they're not in a drought anymore, and they just keep getting rain and rain and rain. As the rain turns, I guess. Ah, very good. Very good. We have entered now into the... um, the, the the couple of months where the sports world almost entirely shuts down apart from baseball. There isn't a lot going on. Uh, it's a chance, I think, for all of us, um, or those of us that maybe don't pay as much attention to baseball. I know you do. Um, but those of us, you know, can get a chance to recharge our batteries and stuff after the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Final, you know, the playoffs, the NFL, college basketball, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, there isn't a ton going on here. We did have the NBA draft last week, but we had some significant happenings in baseball last week. We had just buried the Twins last week. Said, what the hell's wrong with this team? They look like garbage. It's the beginning of the end. How do you lose three or four to the Tigers and then look helpless against the Red Sox? Right after we did that, Twins have gone 4-1 and one as of the recording of this podcast since we recorded that podcast last week. So we must have done something. They must have heard us, and they must have said, we got to turn this shit around because uh, they looked very good for the most part against the, the Tigers in Detroit. They looked great the, the final two games against Boston. History was made by um, Joe Ryan, so... Huge, huge stuff there from the Twins at the end of last week. Yeah, this team still sucks. They're probably yes. Yeah, they're no good. It would yeah, be Ryan amazing really if they go starts. two and four this week. They got the Braves and Orioles. So we'll see how this goes. Two this and week four goes. is the, like a. I think three and three is the best case scenario. I'm thinking two and four though is the likely. <laughs> two and four or one and five. Braves are really good. They score a lot of runs. So we'll see how. Twins pitching does against uh, the best, probably the best offensive team and probably the best team in baseball, the Braves. Joe Ryan pitched great. Um, yeah, they won him 10 innings last night or yesterday, came from behind to not lose another series against Detroit. I just, I just want to know, like, what's it going to take for 
some other team to be in first. <laughs> right there. And it's, you know, it's, it's Cleveland, and that's about it. Nobody else a serious contender. So it's like, like, Twins can probably win this thing with 80 wins. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 79, 78. Well, probably be four or five games under. Maybe and win this division. So, Royce Lewis actually batted him fourth instead of six, which is you probably put your best hitter in the, in the two, three, four spot instead of six. And he was three for four yesterday. And I feel like he's winning almost all these games by himself. Like he had, uh, he scored the, like the game tying run in the eighth, and then he drove in the, the winning run in the tenth. And then Buxton got hurt with the back spasms again. Like, at this point, just put them on the injured list for a month and say, but no, like, I don't know why they're so resistant to doing that. He got hit in the ribs there a few weeks ago, and he missed five, like five or six games. You may as well have put him on the, on the injured list. So, you know, he had a couple home runs, long home runs last week, but just shut him down. Shut him down enough. We know he can't stay healthy at this point. He'll never be healthy. There will always be something wrong with him. He'll get hit with a pitch. His knee's never going to be good. So apparently he's going to be a full-time DH for the, for the rest of his career. So, I don't know. There's more stupid stuff with this team. But Max Kepler hit a couple of home runs last week, so that was good. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, Buxton hit those two home runs. And both of the historical significant items from last week happened in the same game against the Red Sox. They shut out. This is the the finale of the series. It's a hot day in the Twin Cities. Gross, yuck. You know, it's a noon pitch, uh, you know, start, whatever. And Joe Ryan goes a complete game. It is the first complete game by a Twins pitcher in in over five years. Same game, Byron Buxton hits two 460 foot plus home runs. It is the first. He is the first player, not just the first Twins player, but the first player in at least nine seasons to hit a pair of 460 foot home runs in a game. I get that. It like, and that's the beauty of baseball is that you get some of these odd quirks. And it's not a sign that I'm not ready to turn the page and say yes. You know that this is you know the Twins have turned this thing around because we know how that's going to go. Especially with the the schedule that they have this week with road series in Atlanta and in Baltimore. But to have, you know, just for Ryan to do it, I think was shocking because it meant that Rocco Baldelli was keeping him out there, which is just, he pulls guys after five or six innings. Why was this, you know, so different? I don't know, but Joe Ryan did it. And then for Byron Buxton to hit those two pairs, uh, uh, that pair of home runs, in the distance and stuff, it just—it's like okay, that's really cool, and like that. But that's also the frustrating part is like, why is this not happening on a more consistent basis? Mm-hmm. Joe Ryan was like, playing ninety-nine pitches through eight, um, and he uh, yeah, he won nothing. I'm sure he was as stunned as anybody. Oh, I can actually go off for like hundred and fifteen pitches and complete this game. So yeah, he. Uh, he didn't face more than four hitters in any inning, so it's about as clean of a game as you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Korea still sucks. It's you know, just a frustrating team. They, 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 the only way they score, basically, is if they hit a home run. It's just a terrible strategy yeah, to have. It is. And uh, Royce Lewis he was, he, you know, was quoted yesterday saying he was going to be like Luis Arise and just hit the ball. Good. Or maybe, like, maybe everybody should do that. And he went three for four <clears throat> yesterday. And uh, Joey Gallo finally hit a home run. He was awful. Mm-hmm. Strike out even more so. So, yeah. As you go to next season, like you, you got to rethink this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of Kepler. Get rid of a bunch of guys who just swing and miss. It is. It is. They have a lot of good pieces on this team. It's not like they're the A's or the Royals, where it's like, okay, like when when is when are things going to start to finally turn around? It's like the Twins have pieces in place they just need the right philosophy and some and some additional um pieces to the puzzle like they 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 just need a couple of things here a couple things there and they'll be fine ryan gave up three hits no walks against boston no errors by the twins 112 pitches for the whole complete game so that's great i you know i'd like to see that more often like i don't know what I'm sure Rocco was asked about this after the game. Did he say anything in terms of why he decided that today or that Thursday would be the day that he let uh, you know a Twins pitcher go longer than six innings? I didn't hear. Him. I, I doubt they asked him. He got ejected twice yesterday uh, this week. Um, I, I I don't know. It's yeah, the six nothing lead that would have been you know easy for him. All right, he went six innings or eight innings. We're up six nothing. We got this game in hand. So I don't know. It, it don't make any sense. It doesn't. And against the the Tigers this weekend, you know the, you had both of the uh, on Saturday. Uh, who was uh, well for Friday? Kenta Maeda comes back, pitches great. Um, now it's impossible to to say whether it's just because he was playing the offensively inept Detroit Tigers, or is there something more to this here? But Saturday, then you got uh, Pablo Lopez giving up three runs in the second inning. Twins can't do enough to to get out of that. And then um, on Sunday again, they give up three runs in the in the third inning come back with a tying run in the eighth and then win it in ten. So it's like you have two innings really out of the entire weekend where all of the runs were scored there because the Tigers only scored one on Saturday, on Friday. And I was watching the game on Saturday because it's one of the few games I can watch when it's on Fox or FS1. And the great uh, Jason Benetti was uh, play-by-play. And... He mentioned how the Twins have like the eighth best bullpen ERA in baseball. And that just kind of strikes me because we always talk about, you know, uh, Emilio Pagan and how much he sucks and uh, Jorge Lopez, how he's kind of struggled this year. And then you realize that, you know what, this team is has a good ERA out of the bullpen. They just need to use some of their guys more. Like Brock Stewart's been great. Keep pitching him. Uh, he yeah. just keep, continues to prove himself. We talked about Duran and how good he's been, but they don't use him a whole heck of a lot. Got to use these guys more, but it, it, it is just fascinating to hear that, oh, the Twins have the eighth best 
uh, ERA in terms of like the bullpen and their starting pitching ranks top five. It's like, okay, it, the sky isn't completely falling. It's just things don't always seem to be coming together for this team like they should. Pagan has gone through stretches where he's been good, but then he'll blow up for four runs. Right. And uh, Griffin Jacks got off to a great start, and then he was bad for a few weeks, and now he's really good again. And you mentioned Brock Stewart, who continues to pitch well, and Duran's always been good. Yeah, but but they're just they're just in that. They don't know when to use certain guys. It, okay, that's you, the problem. you have Joe Ryan throw 113, 112 pitches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess no Twins are going to throw that much the rest of the season. Probably not. If you're at 99 pitches in the sixth inning and you're doing fine, why not go 110? Why not do another inning? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's frustrating. Jorge Lopez back from his mental health rest, whatever the hell that means. All that was was he wasn't hurt. He wasn't getting anybody out. So they just gave him a two-week vacation. Or rest. Clear your like, mind. You're not good right now, so we'll call this a mental health list thing. No, it's just you can't get anybody out. That's what that is. They signed Dallas Keuchel to a minor league deal. Yep, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> so, he pitched is pretty well in AAA. Rolls, like, they don't need any more pitchers, so I... I I don't quite understand that signing. Pitching and pitching depth, not what this team is lacking at the moment. So I I don't know. We'll see. We've talked about Brock Stewart before during this season, and you brought up that he had struggled in previous years. Like, this is his first really good season. With that being said, the ERA is under one right now. And by saying that, I probably jinxed him. He's going to give up three or four runs here this week in multiple outings. But you could you could make the case probably that he's you know their second and third best option out of the bullpen right now, maybe the top option. Is this something where because of the history that we have seen with him throughout his career, that maybe a team outside? You know, the, at the trade deadline, might say, okay, this guy is uh, pitching really good. We want him to to make that run. Like maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the, the Rangers or you know maybe maybe the Braves say we need some more bullpen. I doubt that, but you know, or maybe it's the Marlins. Maybe the Marlins say, you know what, we want uh, you know our pitching's been good, but we could add this guy and make that push to October. Is there any sense? Is there any chance? I should say that Brock Stewart could be traded and the Twins could get in like a couple of good minor leaguers because this might be a flash-in-the-pan season for uh, Stewart right now? No, they're not going to trade anybody. He's, he costs nothing. He's doing really well. And we'll see how long it lasts. Maybe he's found something. And before this year, he, yeah, he had an area of five in 100 innings pitched in, in the majors. 
Hey, yeah, he just wasn't any good at all. Like he's, I don't know what happened. He got hurt and he was out for a year or two. And all of a sudden he's pretty good. He's throwing 25 innings, done really well. So yeah, I mean, twin, Twins will get any, any bullpen help they can have. Hang on to that because yeah, I still don't like the bullpen. Like when it comes to a big game, like if they make the playoffs, like, you know, I've got no faith that, you know, Brock Stewart or Jorge, I mean, it's all going to mm-hmm. blow up in the playoffs against whoever they would play. So That's why you need more games like what Joe Ryan gave on. It, it, on it gives you hope. It gives you faint hope of, all right, maybe this team can get hot. Maybe they can get a whole bunch of home runs. And maybe Buxton will get hot for, for a week. Maybe the starting pitching will be lights out like they've shown they can be. So it gives you hope if they can make it that they can put a stretch together, but probably not. You're right on that. It has been a roller coaster season so far for the Twins. And again, we're probably going down this week with the road trips at Atlanta and at Baltimore. Uh, over the weekend, huge series in Cincinnati. The Reds had won 12 in a row. The The first place Braves came in. The ballpark in Cincinnati it was packed, like the first time all season that the, the the yard was packed. And I've heard I've heard from a few people say that baseball is better when the Cincinnati Reds are better because they are one of the, the cornerstone teams of Major League Baseball. And Friday you saw De La Cruz hit for the cycle, what the third youngest uh, or third fastest ever to get to the cycle, and he did it in 15 games. And then the Braves win a couple of one-run games on Saturday and Sunday. Tremendous series to watch. What were your biggest takeaways from that series? Yeah, a lot of runs, but every game was a one-run game. Lots of home runs. Lots of home runs in in, in, in Coors Field, basically, is what they got there. Yeah, they felt like, you know, this was a little series. Okay, how good are the Reds? They won 12 in a row. Are they somebody we we take seriously? And uh, I think we do. Yeah, this was a litmus test, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say, say, you know, right now, if I had to pick a World Series, I'd pick probably Atlanta versus Texas. And anything can happen, but I, I don't see anybody in the National League challenging Atlanta. Yep, I would agree with that. Well, the Dodgers in the past, and obviously they've been failures. And uh, but we got Cincinnati, we got Arizona, and they had Philadelphia make a big run last year. But the Braves are just—they're just the most complete up and down team. They've got—they're—they're they're good at everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was a good shot to see what the, what the Reds had. And uh, yeah, they—they were—they were good. Scored a lot of runs. De La Cruz is exciting. It's uh, when when you get a guy like that who is a top. You know, five prospect in all of baseball, and he immediately comes up, and he's immediately great, hitting for cycles and getting four hits, and you know that's exciting. So yeah, I wonder what that's like. I don't think the Twins have had anything like that. No, and and Royce Lewis has been the closest to that, and then he got hurt and he missed a year. So exactly, they they got a lot of young guys. Some of those guys from the Twins, uh, from the Tyler Molly trade. Uh, they have Spencer Steer, who's leading them in hitting at 374. And they got more guys coming up. So when we, you know, we've talked about, you know, White Sox and the Padres and these teams of the past with all these prospects, the Reds are this team now. 
to where they've got a lot of guys, a lot of young guys, more on the way. So I, I'm all the chips for Cincinnati. They're they're making it happen after a rough start. Joey Votto's back, hit a couple of home runs. Mm-hmm. So he's you know, almost 40 years old. So yeah, get get in on the Reds. Well, you, well, you go nuts for them. You mentioned it. You know the, where they play in Cincinnati. It's basically like Coors Field 2.0 minus the. The thin air. It's a home run. It's a hitter's park for sure. Uh, you looked at. We both picked the Cardinals, I believe, to win the NL Central. If I look at my notes correctly, and you know they are just absolutely awful right now. They're in the cellar. They're they are an old team, so they are going to have to. It, it, they might have to essentially reset. I don't know where they're at with their farm system and the young guys coming up, but I don't think the Cardinals are really uh, a threat. Right now, we'll see. You know, the Pirates are persistent, are consistently in that mix. You're right. I think the Reds might be that team that takes charge of this division here for a couple years. It was just great to see, though, um, everything that happened there that weekend or over the weekend there in Cincinnati. Um, there was a monumental. Well, there was a huge historic win by the uh, the. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of Orange County of California of the, the world. They beat the Colorado Rockies, what, 25-1 to 1 on Saturday? And then lose on Sunday, 4-3, to 3, I believe. They lost on Friday night. I saw that it is the second... So they lose the series with a plus-20 run differential. It is the second... <laughs> highest run differential in a series that they have that, that they lose in Major League Baseball history. I think the Pirates and the Cubs had something similar to this a couple of, was it last year or a couple years ago, where the Cubs won big, but the Pirates won the series or something like that. This was uh, pretty stunning to see, you know, just that, that score on Saturday, and then you see the Angels lose the series overall. Pretty remarkable stuff. Drew was at the game Saturday. Ooh, okay. You got to see Otani play for a little bit. And he didn't even play good. Neither him nor Trout were anything decent. Yeah, they, well, he had like one hit, and they pulled Trout after four innings. He had like a couple hits. And yeah, it was 15 to nothing. And I think it was after the Twins game. They had some highlights. And yeah, 13 runs in the third. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this game on. So I turned this game on, and... They have another big inning, I think, in the fourth, and it's eight like twenty twenty two to nothing. Yeah, it's wild. I'm watching this. This is crazy. And you're looking at records, and you're like, all right, uh, like the modern record I think is like thirty runs. It was with Baltimore, Texas. I think it was one of, one of those two teams won thirty to three here, you know, a few years ago. Yep. The record I think for a shutout was twenty four nothing, but Rockies had. To Freaking score like the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, bottom of the eighth. Yeah, it's fun to watch those games every once in a while. You get those, and uh, yeah, no, no fun for the Rockies. But you have a game like that, you're like whatever. We're just getting the hell beat out of us. So we can just kind of sit back and say, "Can we get anybody out?" It was that was that was a fun. Fun, fun little game once in a while that, I, that happens. I want to amend what I said. Trout did go three for three with a home run and an RBI yeah. and scored three runs. Otani, though, was one of seven. Um, so Trout did do something, but, I mean, when you get pulled after four innings, you know, you're you're, you're not going to get as many opportunities to 
There was um, a, a stat from Jason Stark about the game where uh, in Hunter Renfro, he went five for five. Yes. And he was the first uh, Angels hitter in five years to get a five-hit game. Wow. And then Mickey Moniak came up, and he got a five-hit game. And he and Moniak's the first angel since two hitters ago to have a five-hit game. So, there you go. There we go. Uh, the Mets had a major meltdown in their bullpen on Sunday uh, against the Phillies. Allowed them to come back. The Phillies were trailing 6-3 in the bottom of the eighth. A couple of uh, hit, uh, hit batters allowed the Philly to kind of come back there and win that game so the, the the Mets give one away here Mets have been disappointing the Marlins continue to impress uh I've been listening more to the Dan Levitard show uh oh. they are getting into Marlins fever now there's a real sense that you know this team can do something maybe at least get to the playoffs um we'll see where it goes from there I mean they aren't going to beat the Braves when they played the Braves They've sucked, and their schedule's going to get a lot more difficult here coming up. But just for the fact that they're six games back and in second place in that division, the Mets are 15 back of the Braves. The The Phillies are 10 back. It's amazing what the Marlins are doing right now. Yuri Perez is a 20-year-old pitcher that they have. I think we talked about him last week, who is... Had another, I think, shutout. I uh, think went six innings, didn't give up a run. 21 straight innings now, right? against Pittsburgh, and he's 20, and, and people think there's going to be an innings limit to him. It's like, well, this is a playoff team, and you want your best pitcher there for the playoffs, so figure something out to make sure he is available in September and October. So maybe got some decisions to make. Luis Arise will hit 399. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at some of the big free agent signings. Let's go through Carlos Correa, not a good year. Mm-mm. He wouldn't be having a good year if he made the major league minimum, let alone $30 million. Yep. Aaron Judge has had a good year, but his toe is, is messed up. Mm. So, you know, great year again for Judge, but he hasn't played in weeks and doesn't appear that he's close to coming back because his right big toe is messed up. Yep. Uh, how's Jacob DeGrom doing? Yeah, he's up for the year. Oh, yeah, he had six starts. They're all really good, but he ain't going to pitch for the next year to 16 months, so... There's that, and the Rangers are killing it without him. Verlander missed the first month or so, and the Mets are not good. Uh, Trey Turner with the Phillies not having a great year. Mentioned Correa. The Padres in general. I mean, Xander uh, Bogarts. Xander Bogarts got off to such a great start, and he's kind of fallen off. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Rodon, pitcher for... Uh, the Yankees still has not pitched this year. Looks like he's on his way back. He'll probably start next week for the first time. They signed him to a six-year deal with $162 million. Uh, Edwin Diaz signed with the Mets, stayed with the Mets five years, $100 million. Hasn't pitched and may not pitch this year. So, And then we had Wilson Contreras with the Cardinals, and they're like, oh, he's not our catcher anymore. Now he is our catcher. He signed an $87 million deal. Mm-hmm. So literally, like, the 10 top contracts signed this year, all of them are injured or underperforming. Jose Abreu with Houston's been awful, one of the worst hitters in baseball. So, it's yeah, yeah I don't want to say it's usually like this, but 
pretty bad this year. Like the top 10 free agents from last year are not doing very well at all in, in some sort of way. This seems to me, though, like it's going to – like is this a sign of things to come? Is this going to change how uh, no. teams dole out money? Or are they going to say that this was a, um, a one-year – like a, it, it's not the norm. We're not going to see this from the top guys. No, they're just – you know, we'll give Otani $500 million, which he deserves it. He's been great. Mm-hmm. But if it's just going to continue to be like this, there's going to be guys getting two to three hundred million. The top top free agents. It's like Rangers knew what Degrom's injury risk was, but they signed him anyway. They didn't care. So you know, it just it just continues. The Royals split with the Rays in Tampa. The Royals are the second worst team in baseball, and they took two games from the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa. The Twins got swept by those same Rays in Tampa. Again, the baseball—that's the the magic of baseball—is you get these things to happen sometimes. But that's pretty significant for the Royals, and they had a pitcher who had lost all, or the the, the Royals had lost what all fifteen starts. He had pitched in this year. Let me get the guy up here. That's what I was going and to Dustin do. Lynch. Is it Dustin Lynch? And he finally, oh, they finally won a game in which he pitched this year. Like that's or Jordan, I think Jordan Lyles. Jordan, Jordan Lyles. Lyles, yes. Thank Correct. you. So, and you look at him. Like, why Why is he here? He's 32. Uh, he's been around for a long time. This is his 13th year. His ERA is 6.6. He's one and eleven. Leads baseball and runs given up. Like what? What? What is he here for? His strikeout numbers are horrendous. You're here, the Royals. You are. I mean, you're the worst team in baseball now. You've taken that title count from Oakland. No, I no. I think Oakland's now twenty and sixty. Kansas City's twenty two and fifty six. Well, was that a game difference? What is the uh, uh, yeah, two, two, I guess two, two, three, three games difference. Yep. Oakland, Oakland had won seven in a row. Now I think they've lost eight of nine or nine of ten again. They're both really bad. Oh, but, yes. but for Kansas, Kansas City overtook them. There a couple, like earlier this week, they had mm-hmm. the worst record for a day or two. Yep. And I give the Royals like, what's the point of having him on your team? You're an older guy who's no good. If you're going to be no good, you better be 25 or younger. Mm-hmm. Just give some random guy a chance who's not 32 years old and has been around for 13 years. So, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, why, why would you have a guy on your team that has an area of six and a half? I don't know. Because you're the Royals, and this is what you they've do. Got, and they're, they've and got they're, one, they're positioning they've got themselves one. for a new ballpark, and this is what you throw out? Come on. Um, yeah, don't don't give them a new stadium. They were good for a couple of years, won a World Series, but other than that, they've been pretty terrible for all of our life. They got some random guy. Who's this guy here? He's thrown well over the past couple of games. His name is Austin Cox. He's thrown. He's he's twenty six. He's thrown twelve innings. He has yet to give up a run this year in twelve innings. Uh, make, making his major league debut this season. That's a guy you throw out there like, all right, 
give him a start. He threw three and two-thirds innings versus Tampa on Thursday. Gave up two hits. He struck out four, walked one, no runs. He threw 53 pitches. Hmm. That's a guy, okay, some random dude I've never heard of. He's uh, a couple shutout innings versus Baltimore a few weeks ago. Did the same against the Reds. Did the same against the Angels. Six appearances, 12 innings, no runs. Start him. Like, all right, you're doing good. Give you a couple starts. See, see, see what you can do. Instead of, eh, you'll get two innings at a time. Just maybe he won't be any good, but he can't be any worse than this other guy. Right. Right. Any, and, see, and, see, see if you can find your own Brock Stewart. See if you can find a random guy who's good. Like, I don't know this Chapman. That's somebody I would be very interested in. Like, he's a guy that's got to get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, they got another couple bullpen pieces that should be traded. And they got Zach Greinke, who's not good anymore. He's here. He's 5.3. But you go to him and say, hey, maybe there's some team that, you know, needs a, needs a Zach Greinke for a couple months. So trade, trade what you have because what you have now is awful. Trade this Chapman. Trade Zach Greinke. Trade another couple guys because you're nowhere close to winning and you need a lot of help. So. Mm-hmm. Anything else that we haven't gotten to from last week or anything you're looking forward to this week? Well, we had the London series. Oh, yes. With the Cubs and Cardinals. Always a lot of runs because the dimensions aren't very big <clears throat> over in London. So we had the Red Sox Yankees a few years ago with a lot of runs and quite a few runs this this weekend so it's kind of a cool thing to, cool thing to see and oh, they're going to Paris I think in a couple years oh. so that'll be like take two years from now so that'll be uh, interesting to see I think the Yankees might be involved there so um, um, this week we've got Reds Baltimore so that's exciting yep two, two surprise teams Oh, what else we got? I don't have a lot today. So, yeah, see how the Twins do in this stretch versus Atlanta. If Kenta Maeda can get back to what he was a couple of years ago, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be that'd be really good. Um, you feel like the, like the Twins at some point they're going to have a five six game winning streak to kind of put this division away. You would hope, but. Uh, Giants, all of a sudden, right in the heels of Arizona. Giants can Gi- Giants have the best record. If you take out the first month of the season, mm-hmm. Giants by far have the best record in baseball. They do. They they started out six and thirteen, and they are thirty eight and twenty one since. That is the best record in Major League Baseball. So you're like, wow, well, maybe take them seriously. And what, a couple of years ago, they won what a hundred and hundred and five, hundred and eight games. Whatever they had, a little runner games. They were a huge surprise in the last year. Came back to earth, yep. but uh, but the Giants and you know maybe, maybe the you know, Dodgers, Dodgers maybe don't even make the playoffs. So um, yeah, some some things to look forward to this week. You got Tampa Bay and Arizona playing mm-hmm. to two better teams going. So there are some things things to watch. You got Padres Reds this weekend. What? You got Houston and the Rangers this weekend. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Braves, Mar- uh, Braves, Marlins this weekend. There we go. 
So you got a lot of a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff out there. What some of the uh, some of the top teams. We're approaching the All Star break here. Uh, we won't do a podcast next week for Fourth of July. We'll see about doing a podcast here in a couple of weeks. But as we approach the All Star break here, what do you? Which division to you has been the most um, surprising? Is it the I because I, I kind of throw it up between the NL Central, the NL West, and the AL East, and I think I would have to lean towards the NL. I, like you can make an argument for any of these three divisions. Um, you know, I'll say the NL West. The NL West, just because it's the Diamondbacks and the Giants. No, I mean, I mean the, 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 the AL West. Oh, the AL West. Because of Texas. I didn't think Texas would okay. be nearly this good. Their offense is excellent. They're hitting the hell out of the ball. Okay. Um, Houston, you know, Houston's six games over. Uh, the Angels are better than I thought. I still feel like they're going to be right around 500 because they always are. Mm-hmm. The Angels, the Angels are the Jeff Fisher of baseball. Why <laughs> so you might you're going to win seven? You're going to go seven and nine, eight and eight every year. Yep. Um, so I would say the West with the most surprising division. Okay. I'd say the West because they've got two teams in Texas and the Angels that are better than I thought they would be. Obviously, Oakland's awful, and Seattle's starting to get to that 500 mark. So they've got four legitimate teams that are going to be in the mix. And you've got the NL West. And I think most people thought the Padres would be where the Diamondbacks are. Yes. But they're just completely different. Most teams probably thought, oh, Diamondbacks, they'll be like a, you know, under 500 team. That's where the Padres are right now. So, you know, Dodgers, Giants, Diamondbacks. I would say those three teams are better than any other three teams in any division. I like them better than, I guess, the Yankees in the East as a third team, and Tampa Bay's kind of kind of come back to earth here a little bit. Yes, so, they have. Surprising division, I give it to the West because of Texas primarily. Okay, okay. Very but why I do like the Central, just be, I mean, both Centrals are terrible, but I like the NL Central because it's a three-team race. You know, Reds, Brewers, Cubs. You got Cincinnati in there, so... And I would, you know, the reason I threw the NL Central in is because the the, the Cardinals are historically bad for their franchise this year. Yeah. We thought they would be first, and and they're they're dead last. You have the Reds who are atop right now, and even the Pirates were a surprise initially, and they've certainly come back down to earth. But uh, who's it? Like O'Neill Cruz, I know he's out with an injury, but you know if he yeah. can come back, maybe the not saying the Pirates are going to have it this year, but they. They're kind of still hanging around. They've had they've had moments where they win, they go on a win streak, and then they lose a whole bunch. I mean, they're one and nine in their last ten, so this is one of those downward streaks and trends. But the Pirates have been surprising as uh, as well. So I would just throw the NL Central in as well, and the, the American League East. I mean, for all five teams to be above five hundred, uh, for the 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 Orioles to be in second place, and for the Rays to be as dominant as they are, I think you have to throw them in as well so certainly i think a case can be made for for a lot of these divisions here so we'll, we'll keep Henry uh pirates called up henry davis he was the first pick two years ago okay he's a catcher uh so he had well in the minors and 
Do all right. So yeah, they're calling him up. They already called him up last week. Okay. And then the Pirates have the first pick in the draft next month. So there we go. Uh, do you have a hitter or pitcher of the week? Who we went with these uh, Cincinnati guys last week? We did. We went. Who do have we done? Yuri Perez for for Miami. Have we, we done him yet? We have not. But that's what I was wondering if you were going to go with. Yeah, Yuri Perez, twenty years old. Um, in one of my leagues, some guy offered me a trade, which I accepted. I traded Sonny Gray for Bailey Ober and Yuri Perez. Ooh, okay. Thinking, all right, Sonny Gray's probably pitched as well as he's going to pitch. Mm-hmm. And he's been, oh, he's not nearly been as good as he has been. And, you know, Bailey Ober's been fine. But Yuri Perez has been better than almost anybody, so... I'll take the two pitchers over the one, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitter of the week. Who have we gone with here? What's the... Do you have our list? Yes, I do. Um, uh, who, who, who have we selected? We've had Masataka Yoshida from Boston, Chris, Christopher Morel uh, from, oh, yeah. from the Cubs. He, he really just took a dive. He was hot, and then, then he's... Kind of evened out, but yeah, he got really hot, and he's he's cooled off. And then we got uh, De La Cruz from Cincinnati last week. For those guys, I hit her. Let's see. Oh, let's give it to Royce Lewis. Had a good week, Royce Lewis. Twins. We haven't given it to him yet, so let's go with Royce Lewis. Try now. Okay. <laughs> Single-handedly do something with this stupid offense. <laughs> There we also, go. the uh, there are a couple of a couple of, at least one pretty bad uh, catcher interference calls this week. Uh, the worst one was Texas and Chicago. Yeah, that we yeah, that was last week or a couple. We we I think we talked about that on last week's show. That was like just a couple days ago. No, the the no the White Sox and Rangers. That was that was last week. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was... Because the White Sox played the Red Sox this weekend. When did this happen? Was it, yeah, I guess it was, was it uh, Wednesday? Uh, when did this happen? This is Tuesday, I guess, Tuesday, and we talked when we talked Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Yes, yep. So that was bad. It was. It, the worst call that you could ever make. Yeah, I mean, half of the plate was open for the run. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yep. And then there was another one later on in the week with the Padres and Gary Sanchez. And they called him for it. And the throw comes in from right field. It's up the third baseline, you know, 10, 15 feet. And he catches it and takes the guy out. And they called him for interference. I was like, well, what is he supposed to do? Just let the ball go past him? Like, the, the, the throw leads him up the line. And the runner's out by plenty. Mm-hmm. Like, the rule of the law is to make sure that the catchers don't get just demolished. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, the, the rule has worked in that aspect. You don't see catchers get ran over anymore. Because this is essentially the Buster Posey rule, right? Yeah. So I don't, it's like, let, let it go. I don't, if that, it's bad. Bad call, bad rule. That implementation of it. 
So if a guy, I like to see when guys make a play, I like to see them then be awarded with an out or a hitch or whatever or whatever the case. So well, another one last week that was pretty bad. Well, in the college uh, World Series. Uh, in Omaha right now, a uh, series is tied 1-1 between Florida and LSU. So, I mean, thank goodness an SEC team is going to win a championship here because you know that conference just needs the win so bad right now. They've had a lot of issues with winners here and whatnot. Um, but there, on su- in Sunday's game, the Florida one of the Florida Gators slid into second and his hand brushed up against like the foot of the LSU guy who then like really couldn't like step in and throw over to first, and they called interference. Initially called safe. They call, initially said, or then they they reviewed it. They got the call right. It didn't ma- ultimately matter uh, because Florida ended up winning twenty four to four in one of the largest, uh, maybe it, maybe it was historical, like the biggest win in college World Series championship yeah. history. Um, but you did see an interference call there, and it it was kind of dicey. It's like, okay, did it really impact it? And you know, when they say out, it's like, yeah, yep, I can see why they did that. And you know, that's the way it's supposed to work, not like what we saw at home plate there in the Texas and White Sox series. And you've got the game tonight, the championship, mm-hmm. and. I feel like there's a little more interest in, in college baseball than usual. Yes. You've got, like, good teams playing here. And you've got you have this Paul Skeens, the pitcher for LSU. And I think he is going to pitch tonight. He's the bug, right? Point. Stomach bug? Huh? He had a, a stomach virus or stomach bug, right? Uh, no, he, like, he pitched just a few days ago, so he's, you know, he'd be a short rest. Okay. Maybe he had a stomach bug. I don't know. But I think he pitched on, was it Thursday or whenever that was? So, you know, he's only had, what, three days rest. But I think he'll probably pitch tonight at some point. He is available. So we'll see if and when they they put him in. And if you're the Pirates, you got a decision. You take him or take his teammate to the center fielder. I would probably, I don't know who I maybe take the picture, but, and like with him, like, you feel like he could be called up, like, right away, pretty much. This Paul Skeens probably doesn't need to spend a whole lot of time in the minors, and like, he should be up next year at some point, with if he's with Pittsburgh or if he's with Washington. And with the way, with the, with the, uh, the way the draft is, where it's a lottery draft, and you look at, you know, the Pirates are really not in playoff contention, but if they were, mm-hmm. like, right, you call this guy up this year? Yeah. And he's not going to last until five with the Twins. But if he were, you're like, and the Twins don't need pitching help, would it be like, yeah, call this guy up. Like, if he were to go five with the Twins, that'd be amazing. And you could maybe use him out of the bullpen. Imagine him coming in to throw a couple of innings, that would be unbelievable. So, you, you you know, the guy you pick at the top of the draft usually isn't going to matter for quite a few years. Right. You this- mentioned the, the Pirates. The Pirates got their number one pick from two years ago up already, and that's extremely fast. So to mm-hmm. talk about a guy who should be up very quickly as soon as next year, 
And if you really want to go nuts, you could bring him up this year probably and see how he would do. LSU has a guy named Cade Beloso. Um, he, his homer put LSU up in the 11th inning in Saturday's game. He looks like he's like 27 or 30 years old. Like he looks like a guy who's is playing on you know like Corex softball in the summer. Like, this guy looks old, doesn't he? See the redheaded guy. Uh, I don't know. Kind of got reddish hair. And, uh, yeah, some some baseball guys are interesting. They got some interesting ones. Yeah, it's just like he should be drinking beer and playing right field on his uh, you know co rec softball team in uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, or yeah. something like that. I don't know. Some of these guys, you don't uh, quite need to look like an athlete to be a good baseball player. Nope. Evidently no. not. Evidently not. Um, staying on the college front here, I did see, I'm, I'm all following this, you know, these college basketball schedules and stuff because I always like to see who the Jackrabbits are playing. We're not hearing anything about that right now, but I did see the Jackrabbit men are going to be playing in a tournament, uh, December 21st and 22nd. They will be playing Wyoming. Uh, so that's, uh, good there. That's for scheduling. The Sun Bowl, the Sun Bowl Classic. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll see what, uh see when their schedules come out for both the men's and women's basketball teams here. Football, we're keep, we keep counting down. That is fast approaching here. It should be another good year for the Jackrabbits. Uh, basketball, they had, they had the NBA draft on Thursday night. Victor Wembanyama goes number one to, uh, to San Antonio. No surprise there. Uh, you have uh, Brandon Miller going two to Charlotte, which was the likely scenario, but I thought Scoot Henderson would be better. Uh, he goes three to Portland. Dame Lillard is still a trailblazer. You had the twins, uh, Amen and Osser uh, Thompson going. I had, never, I had never heard of them until like the day before. Well, and this is this is the the issue I have with the NBA draft is that you, unlike the NFL draft where you, we watch college football, we know who a lot of these guys are. Or we've seen them. We've seen them play. You don't get that with the NBA draft unless you're an avid G League or overtime elite fan. You're just an avid basketball fan. Like you don't. You don't know who these guys are. Uh, it's like in the. I, NBA, I don't remember it ever being this bad with this G League crap. Yeah, it's bad. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know the NHL and has guys. Continue because you keep on hearing guys. Oh, they're not going to go to college. They're going to go to this. This G League thing. And then they disappear. Like, you don't hear of them at all until the draft. And then they still get drafted high. So it's ultimately maybe not a bad thing for them. But for a basketball fan, you're like, who the hell is this guy? I'm sure it would have been fun to see Scoot Anderson play. We got to see Brandon Miller play. He was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see Anthony Black play. He was he was good for Arkansas. He went six. Yep. Hey, we had... Uh, these G League guys, Jet Howard from Michigan, Juwan Howard's kid. I've really never heard of him. Jet Howard with Michigan went to the Magic. Yeah, at eleven, that was a bit of a surprise. Taylor Hendricks, some guy from Central Florida, who I've never heard of, went to the Jazz at nine. Uh, Grady Dick, I know who he is. He went to Toronto. 
13 overall, Jordan Hawkins, we saw him tear it up in the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Went to New Orleans. Some of these guys I've heard of, but... Well, and the big men didn't get drafted at all. Drew Timmy, star in college basketball, goes undrafted. I think he signed with the Bucks. Uh, Oscar Sheepway, big, you know, offensive rebound extraordinaire. He, get, like he, he goes undrafted. Some, some team do something, for Christ's sake? I think I think he got picked up by the Pacers. And then Adama Sonogo, uh, Sonogo, Sonogo uh, from UConn. Big guy. I mean, he was fantastic throughout oh. the NCAA tournament. Major reason why UConn won it all. He goes undrafted. I'm not sure who, who he signed with. There's a You can tell there's a, a change. I mean, it, it's not like this is new, but... Like, these guys were stat-stuffing machines. They were great players in college basketball, and they weren't drafted. So, you know, going more small ball, more, you know, shooting, you know, high percentage shot, you know, three-point shots, whatever. I don't know, but that's a, that was remarkable that three of those guys were some of the most accomplished players in college basketball last year. Certainly, Timmy and, and Shibwe are among the most, you know, revered college basketball players of the last few years, they go undrafted. I, it's, it's. I'm going to guess, especially Sheboy, is going to be better than somebody in the top ten. Oh, yes. Yes. It's like, well, at the very least, he can rebound, for Christ's sake. Well, Nas Reed just signed, he's a center for the Timberwolves. He just re-upped a three-year, $42 million deal, which is on the cheap end when it comes to NBA contracts. But he was an undrafted guy. And And he's had a nice little career, and uh, that's a big signing for them. Yes, yes. Uh, Maybe the the most exciting player from the tournament, Marquise Noel from Kansas State, Mm -hmm. did not go. He signed with Toronto. Um. So, like a guy like that, obviously he's five foot seven. Yep. But he was the most exciting player in the tournament, and hopefully he does well with Toronto if he ever gets a shot. Jaime Hawkes, uh Jr. goes to Miami. I love that pick for the Heat. Uh, what? What the? the, the all, all I heard about all year long is you know with Indiana and Indiana didn't do anything in the tournament, yeah. and they had this Trace Jackson Davis. Yep. And he ends up with Golden State. He was the second-to-last pick. He went to the Wizards, traded to Golden State. And that seems like a pretty good fit for him. You know, Golden State could use some guys. Well, and they got, that, uh, point, they got that point guard from Santa Clara, so right up the road there. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So we have some uh, Imani Bates. Eastern Michigan went to Cleveland. He was with... He was with somebody, and then he... Mem- uh, Michigan State and Memphis, and then... He had his issues, he had his issues yeah. and then he finally gets trapped. Yeah, know. there's a lot of guys you haven't heard of. There, there weren't too many international guys at the end of the... I think there were only maybe two in the second round. But yeah, a couple guys that, you know... Drew Timmy and I getting drafted, but there were some guys that... They really... Shibway can't get, get anybody on him, so it's... It's interesting. ESPN had a little different look to their their draft coverage. JJ Redick was on. Uh, was it Malika Andrews and um, another gal? She's I see her on college basketball, women's basketball. 
coverage and stuff, she's pretty good. So they had a new look. But I got really tired of, oh, this is a great pick for this team. This guy fits that their their what they need exactly. Like this is just you when you think of Bucks basketball, this guy is a Milwaukee Buck player, and it's just like shut up. I just what is this? Are we gonna we can't criticize a team for a pick or like oh this was like are they really happy that that particular guy was available for him or they're like oh we guess our second or third option like shut up I just it got annoying after a while a lot of these guys aren't going to be very good at all yeah and so everybody's not a good pick everybody's not a good fit you can say yeah I think this guy again why don't guys say that why don't they like you know Mitch Trubisky we think he's going to be terrible we think Stupid shit with the Jets. Uh, yeah, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. You know, why, yeah. I think. Why don't why, whether it's you know NBA or N- N- NBA? Like, why don't somebody come out and say, you know what? I think this guy's going to be a bust. They should. Well, because then they so get criticized. I think for... this guy's going to be the next whoever the bust is in the NBA. You, you know, uh, Amen Thompson. If Anthony Bennett. It could be the next Anthony Bennett. I mean, I think this guy's, guy's going to be terrible. Next I think, uh, you know, Lundberg. just pick a name. It's Jarese Walker. Who the hell? Jarese Walker with, with Houston? He went to the Wizards at eight? I've never heard of him. Yeah, I don't remember him on their run last year. I know. No, it's, you tremendous know, link. Defensive versatility. He shot 36% from three. But he's been a mixed bag as a decision maker and a shot creator. So he can't. So he's uh, he's six seven, uh, power forward, uh, shoots sixty two percent from the line, which is terrible. Uh, not not good at making decisions. Apparently, can't create his own shot. Other than that, though, goddamn, he's got long <laughs> arms and he's tall. Just boy. And going eight, right? He went eight. Yeah, to Washington. I'll just say that this guy's going to be. Not very good. It's like what? What? Yeah, the the process of evaluating players—it's almost like it doesn't matter what you do. It's like I think this guy might be good. I think he might develop because he's got the physical tools. But apparently, he got traded to Indiana, so he doesn't even get to go to Washington. Oh, well, I mean, he averaged, he averaged all of eleven points last year. He averaged seven rebounds, eleven points for Houston. So good for him. Washington is pretty much a dumpster fire anyway. Um, oh. Now, yeah, I, I don't know why nobody says, "Yeah, I think this guy's going to be bad." Would be nice. There's the, the, the there's the Twitter account, the freezing takes Twitter yes, account, or yes. the freezing cold takes. Yep. And they've got a, they've had a book out for the past year or two, and. I would like to get that just because I like reading that, you know, some guy making a statement of this guy is going to be great or this guy is going to be terrible and they're completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, you get that for everybody. There was one guy, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, what are, what are the Milwaukee Bucks doing? This is a terrible pick. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, you've never heard of the guy. you never seen him play. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, so I can't tell you one way or another. So, yeah, it's, yeah. One of my pet peeves in all of sports 
is if I were to do a, a top 10, top 5, whatever, of, of pet peeves in sports, I think this may be number one, uh, at least what I can think of. I hate that the NBA has guys get drafted by a team, like they have to put the cap on it and they say, but they're just, they're, they're drafting for Indiana. Oh, like yeah. Chicago is drafting for Golden State here or Phoenix. Because it needs to go by league approval. Can we not get these trades to get league approval right away? Like how, how long does it take? Why does it take so long? It looks stupid when they put on a hat of a team they not, they're not going to play for. It's like, it, it's, a, it's a sham of a draft and... The, and then the announcers have to, or the, you know, the, the, you know, the Mike Bloomberg's or the analysts have to say, well, they're, they're really picking for this team and stuff. Like, NBA, figure your shit out and just get the trade done right away. The NFL can do it lickety-split. Why can't the NBA do it? It's it's ridiculous. It looks stupid. It makes your product look bad. What, just put on the damn hat of the team you're going to play for. It just confuses people. Yeah, football can do it fine. You can trade baseball picks now, which you never used to do before. It's like, just do it. All right. Uh, Washington is traded with uh, the Pacers. Pacers are now picking. Yeah. Like, it's not that difficult. You're announcing it. You are saying it. So just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the point of... Like, well, well, we'll announce this in a half hour. We'll have them switch hats. I don't know. It doesn't. Because you never see a trail. Well, this this trade happened, but then we had to rescind it because something happened. Like, no, that never happens. No, it's 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 just dumb. And like you said, it confuses the viewer. It it's it just looks bad. It's a bad look. Uh-huh. Um, couple big trades last week. Kristaps Porzingis is leaving Washington. One of the reasons why we say Washington is tanking is because they are just shedding players left and right. Bradley Beal, oh, we talked about that last week, him getting traded to Phoenix. They traded Kristaps Porzingis to um, to Boston. Boston sends um, Marcus, uh, Smart. Marcus Smart to Memphis, and Memphis sent someone. Let's where where the hell is it here? I just had it. Oh, uh, they, like Washington gets Tyus Jones, and I think they get a few picks or whatever. But I mean, it's a great get from Memphis, I guess. You know, Marcus Smart's pretty good defensive player for Kristaps Porzingis. He fits a, a mold there in, in Boston. That could be pretty good. But Washington's just actively tanking. And then they trade Chris Paul, which we called from the get-go, and I think everyone did. Like, Chris Paul is never going to play a game for the Washington Wizards. They trade Chris Paul to Golden State, and they get Jordan Poole back. And Jordan Poole's a pretty good player. But the remarkable thing in all of this is that the Warriors had just signed him to a four-year, $120 million deal right before last season. And this was after he got punched by Draymond Green. So he didn't live up to expectations last year, but to just immediately dump him for an aging veteran like Chris Paul, like I, I guess I don't see this working out for Golden State. Um, I get you have Steph and Clay, and that's, that's fantastic. But I... I, I mean, you know, you. I, I just don't. I don't understand. Washington, Washington is clearly tanking. Like they're just, uh, they're blowing it all up and starting from scratch. I think Jordan Poole is a decent player to do that with. 
think they still have like Kyle Kuzma and, and guys like that. So maybe it's not compl- the cupboard's not completely bare. But when you trade Bradley Beal and you trade Chris Paul and Kristaps Porzingis and you don't get crap in return outside of Jordan Poole, like no offense to Landry Shamit, but that's just it, it's not w- worth it. Like, like what are we what are we doing here? This is as blatant tanking as we can get probably in the NBA at this point. Yeah, they got a lot of picks, and they finally got some first-rounders or some swaps. So they got something years, years, years from now. Right, you know, 2030 protected first-round pick and a 2027 second-round pick from the the Warriors for Chris Paul, because that's going to do a lot of good right now in the next three years. I was kind of kind of surprised they ended up with Golden State since... You know, like Golden State's very old now. They're on their last legs. Jordan Poole was a younger guy. And yeah, to, uh, Atlanta got rid of John Collins today to Utah. Mm-hmm. A similar move, a guy who they signed to like an $80 million deal and they want to get rid of him because he averaged 18 points a couple of years ago and this year only averaged 13. He's still only 25. And they didn't get anything for him. It was just a salary dump. They got a second-round pick. And Rudy Gay. 37-year-old Rudy Gay, who's been around for 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah, essentially for nothing. I hate the NBA trades that are just, here's a guy for nothing. Yeah. That happens in the NFL. And, you know, a lot of this is salary stuff. Or it's like, hey, we don't want this guy anymore, and he's worth a lot of money. He got a big contract, so... Uh, give us a, a pick that's worthless and players who are not very good mm-hmm. and who can have an all-star. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's, like, it's, I mean, Chris Paul, he's going to get hurt in the playoffs. He always does. I don't know how he helps Golden State, really. Well, it's like we talked about with NFL trades. Like, how do you get the, a great guy for a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick? You know, you know, Randy like Delvin, Delvin, the Delvin Cook, Vikings going to get anything for Delvin Cook. They had to release him. Yeah. And even, even now, it's been it's probably going to be well over a month before he signs anywhere, whether it's you know the Jets or the Dolphins. Or... I really hope it's not the Jets. I'd like to be able to cheer for him somewhat. I really think that if he signed with Miami, he they he I think he could make them – is he the missing piece for them? Probably not. No, like quarterbacks got to stay healthy. Yep. Oh, that, that's the biggest thing with them. But Miami's a fringe Super Bowl team this year out of the AFC, I think. It's just amazing. Like, like running backs are not valued at all anymore. You've got Stephon Diggs drama in Buffalo. Uh, Vikings fans here are just sitting back laughing right now because he's apparently the, there. There might be some friction in the Josh Allen. Like, I don't know what what is his what what is his issue all the time like. He just wants the ball all the time, or what? I guess so. Like, oh, it was one of the stories, or one of the things in this uh, report, I guess, is that he was upset that down 27 to 10 against Cincinnati in the playoffs, the Bills had a 10 play drive, I think, that resulted in a turnover on downs, and Diggs got thrown the ball only one time on those 10 plays. Well, were you open? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he had. It's just. He's a malcontent, and yeah, it, yeah. Why, if you're gonna burn bridges for with a second team here, like, yeah, I, don't I feel like he's kind of like if he, like he'll still be there, but as soon as he leaves, I feel like Buffalo's done. Unless yeah. they can find somebody else 
of his caliber. I feel like their window's already closed a little bit, though. I don't... That AFC East is going to be fascinating um, this year. Uh, like Buffalo got, and the quarterback got much better as soon as he got there. Yes. That's probably the reason why Josh Allen got good. In large part, yeah. And if he's not around, then we'll see. So. Oof. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just it's weird. Um, let's see. Uh, we got Keegan Bradley doing some uh, shooting low scores like crazy at the Heritage. Is it the Heritage Travelers? Travelers, there in uh, Connecticut. He won that. Uh, Yippee Kaye. We got the Open Championship coming up next month. Looking forward to that. Uh, anything else that we haven't gotten to that we need to discuss? ESPN2 has the up cam. Oh, yes. The College World Series. You can watch the entire game, almost the entire game, from the umpire's view. I like it every once in a while. I don't know if I would like it for the whole game. It's kind of herky-jerky and not very steady, and picture quality is not great, so that's an option. So we'll see how this College World Series goes so yeah kind of kind of a dead you know putting together my sports in the morning for the radio it's like yeah, i got three different segments i gotta do and one of them is just all baseball yeah like legion baseball i would assume right or no just like all major league baseball oh just okay yeah and mitchell's legion team got rained out they were in Gillette, wyoming and i think they made it and just turned right back around because they weren't going to play, I guess, because of weather. So, enjoy, so enjoy the yeah, there's not a lot going on. Locally, you got some amateur baseball stuff. and So, yeah, I mean, you're just kind of scraping just everything that's even somewhat noteworthy. Like Deion Sanders had surgery for blood clots on his groin. Well, even if – I thought it was his foot because they were talking about him potentially losing his foot. It was his groin. There was a blood clot in there, and they're hoping that that'll help the foot and the toes and all this crap he's got going on. So you got that. You got yeah, just anything, any contract extension. Uh, the UConn coach signed a six-year, thirty million dollar deal. With Dan Early is it Dan Early? Uh, yes. Yeah, it, yeah, because Bobby coaches at Arizona State. I think. Yeah, yeah, he signed a big contract and just. Anything that you can talk about for 30 seconds, yeah. Try and scrape up, so. Yeah, all-star, all-star voting going on. Got the All-Star game coming up, so. Uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be exciting. Schedules are being released for 2024 seasons for college football, like we're seeing Big Ten and uh, SEC. We're t- seeing that. Uh, two weeks, exactly, two weeks, or two months from today, exactly, two months from today, we'll have college football with week zero. So, yeah. Um, that's interesting. And then I forgot to mention it last week, but a happy anniversary to oh, you and Melissa. Yes, you guys celebrated your first uh, anniversary, what, not last week, but the, the week before. Anything yeah. that you well, learned from this first year of marriage? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at least you're honest. Hey, we went to Sioux Falls, eat at the pizza place, that did the pizza Ooh, at the wedding. Yeah, outstanding pizza. That was good, and yeah, one year in, things are going well, so 
Um, yeah, that was the last Sunday, two Sundays ago. So, yep. and it was, I, I mentioned it was really hot. It was, uh, it was very, very warm during our wedding, like 95 degrees. Yes. Yes. And one year later, it was also you know, like low 90s during that day, our one year anniversary. And then this week's nice, 85 degrees. So even if we would have got married a year later, it was still hot on June 18th. Mm-hmm. So years in a row, it's been above 90 on that date. So. Well, let's try and, well, let's hope that next year uh, it's a little cooler with maybe a little rain in the forecast. Yeah. Is June uh, hot? So hot. Uh, abnormally hot. Abnormally hot. Uh, any, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Could be it. I haven't gone golfing yet. I want to go golfing. Maybe this weekend's that weekend. I, you know what? I haven't gone golfing yet either. I haven't swung a club yet this year. Ah. It, it, the itch has just not been there really quite. Yeah. I mean, we had a late spring and then really hot weather and you know, stuff going on with, you know, you had Noah with tonsils and everything like that it's just been uh, we've had weddings baptisms it's just been a crazy crazy summer so far and it's only going to get crazier yeah i've been busy but things things uh not winding down but not not as busy here the next i got fourth of july next week so that's all of a sudden here so i feel like once you get to the fourth feels like summer's half over over then huh feels like summer's half over then yeah, you feel like once you get to the fourth, it's half over. Even though the first day of summer was like five days ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then once you get to Memorial Day, like kids have already been in school for a week. Labor Day, you mean? Oh yeah, Labor Day. So it's like, yeah. So it goes by quick. So that's why it gives us a chance to kind of reset and and ease back into things here before football ramps up and all our lives are consumed by games Fridays and, and on the weekends as well. But you have a great... I'm all, it's all in on the baseball. Just give me as much fucking baseball as you can handle. Your fantasy team's doing okay? Yeah, my one fantasy team had a hell of a week. There's a great lot of points. Good week there. Uh, other ones have been, been so-so. Shot uh, and Kirk League's been, been decent. So... I should, I should make the playoffs on all of them. So, I uh, would like to win win at least one of them. Yeah. Um, I want to pull off a big trade, just kind of move some pieces around. I need some like, better pitching in one of my leagues. So, it's... <coughs> I've been t- oh, tinkering with who do I give up. Who, who are you targeting? I'm not really anybody specifically the one league... Because there are salaries involved, kind of fake salaries, you have a salary cap. And you can keep anybody you want, but their salary increases $5 next year. Mm. So you look at, okay, who are guys who I'm not going to keep next year? And you try to get rid of those and try to bring in guys who are cheaper salaries. So if I could unload higher salaries for cheaper salaries and... So you can keep a guy like I think like Joe Ryan. Our league is like three dollars, maybe. Oh wow, that that's pretty good. So yeah, you'll keep him next year for eight. You'll keep him the next year for thirteen, and maybe eighteen as long as he continues to pitch well. So it's like, how long do you think you can keep these guys under a certain salary? Mm-hmm. Like I got Joe Musgrove for the Padres. He's good, but he's like at twenty eight dollars right now, and I'm not going to keep him next year for thirty three. No. So I'll sacrifice him and trade him away, and 
I've got Duran for the Twins, but it's like he, he's he's a great pitcher. He's a great real life pitcher, but for fantasy, he's like he doesn't pitch as often as I would like. He's going to throw sixty five innings this year. Mm-hmm. He's got he's going to get twenty five saves. It's like all right. That's nice, but I feel like if, if, you, if you add him to a package, like a legitimate guy, just not a bunch of guys with big salaries, that somebody might be interested in him. So kind of kind of figure out what you want to do. Yep, indeed. Well, uh, yeah. Well, you have a great Fourth of July, and yeah. we will uh, talk potentially in a couple weeks, and or we'll we'll reconvene, see what happens. But we'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, enjoy uh, the fourth. Stay cool and keep the tonsils clean. Oh, yes, yes. And the digits on the fingers. I'm not going to pull off uh, uh, Jason Pierre Paul and blow my uh, fingers off with fireworks this year. Can't wait. Can't wait for. uh, I wait for the Buffaloes to trample a person. That's always a highlight of the summer. Yep. And uh, for somebody to blow their hand off or for there to be a big accident, fireworks related. I'm always a big fan of that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. We'll see what happens. Something's going to happen. We'll see it here soon. Uh, if not, uh, a coup will happen like what happened in Russia for 24 hours. So there you go. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, my friend. All right. See you later. Travis Grin is joining me here. Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always here. And yeah, uh, somehow we were able to fill almost 80 minutes here of, of sports talk here as the the doldrums of summer go. Well, we won't have a podcast next week. Might not have one the week after. Check back in a couple weeks. For sure, though, in three weeks, you know, the week of the 20th, of July 20th, you got the Open Championship. We got FIFA World Cup. And then once August gets here, then we ramp up with the college football previews. Charlie Hildebrand will join us uh, for multiple weeks with the with uh, thoughts on the world of college football. So we will definitely, uh, the, our previews and stuff, we'll get all the conferences lined up then so that will do it for this week's edition of the sports block podcast you can find us on podcast.com also available on itunes just search the sports block follow me on twitter at nd stacken facebook nathan stacken travis krins is on twitter at travis krins a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week you all have a wonderful fourth of july enjoy your family barbecue your maybe your beanbag tournament your fireworks for sure just spending time with family remember you know it's celebrating the, uh, america's independence so uh just have a great holiday enjoy whatever time you get off and we will talk to you soon in a couple weeks perhaps not three, on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy 4th of July, everyone.